0: So what do you do when, as a child, you want to be a great fashion designer and you dream of being Edith Head thanking everybody at the Oscars for her fashions in the in the movies? But you don't get there. You end up as a real estate agent and you have two little kids and you're divorced and you have to support them and take care of them. How do you bring that sense of art and creativity back into your life well we've got someone for you who can tell you how to do that and that is susan lister Locke, and that's exactly what she did and by starting out she says at age 55 she had not even ever taken a stone or done anything with a stone or any kind of jewelry in her life and found her way. Now she has a booming shop on Nantucket. She sells high-end jewelry to people who really love what she does. And as she says, it brings her great joy because every Christmas she knows she's part of people's lives. And also because she makes items that go with people and get passed down through their families and become part of their story, which is really beautiful. It actually gives me a little goosebumps talking about that. Um, Anyway, here is this wonderful discussion with Susan, and her point is, you're never too old to pursue your dream. So here is Susan. So welcome, Susan. I'm so glad to talk to you today. What's it like up on Nantucket today?
1: Well, it's very sunny and and warm. It's a beautiful day today. Awesome. We were supposed to have a bad weather forecast, but we got a pretty day instead, so that's wonderful.
0: Good, all right, well, you never know when the big storm's gonna roll in down here, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay, we had it the other night.
1: It was i it was the first time in my life that I've ever been frightened by it. I oh, it down cool. in
0: Louisiana, man, the, you know, these are storms. I mean, literally the last week we had one that shook the house so badly, I thought a plane had crashed somewhere. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's what we had too. It you did? Bad
0: interesting yeah yeah Yeah. okay i thought it was just here okay no
1: never had that before Um, i'm sitting here looking out at Nantucket harbor um, okay
0: now we're all gonna hate you so let's not start that way okay (laughs)
1: let's let's start by talking
0: about your struggle not how beautiful your life is now and why we should all be jealous
1: okay Talk a
0: little bit about how you originally got into real estate. A little bit about where you grew up. Just give us the the shortened version. Um, okay, um, and then I we'll talk up, about your your reinvention.
1: Okay, um, I grew up in Rhode Island, and um, then I uh, and I had wanted to be a fashion designer, but I was of the generation that we were not encouraged, and we were just told that to be. We should get married and have children, and our lives would uh, be complete. So then I went and I married a man whose family owned a chain of specialty stores, and they were really the the, 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 the forerunner to Ralph Lauren, uh, traditional uh, classic sportswear in wonderful old buildings using lots of antiques. And we had one in Nantucket, and we had one on the vineyard, two seasonal stores. and. Um, and so I came here, I and and ran the ran the store for oh about thirteen years, and um, just for six months of the year, and um, and stayed in the retail business for. A, we were divorced, and then I stayed in specialty store, specialty store retail for another thirteen years, and the last company I worked for. Um, bellied up, and um, said, be out of your stores in 15 minutes. And that was June 30th, 1991. So my goodness, well, yesterday was June 30th, wasn't it? Um, and so I thought, well, what am I going to do? I had two, two daughters to educate, and all of a sudden I didn't have a job, and a um, uh, feed and educate. And I didn't have a job, and I thought, it's June 30th, I'm going to go to Nantucket to figure it out. So um, I thought I might take over a friend's a friend's um, shop, but it, it, she wasn't making enough money, and and I didn't know what I was going to do. So I just I just made lists. I made a lot of lists for about three months of things that because I was approaching fifty, and I thought, well, I don't have a lot of room for error here. Um, so I made I made several lists, and I didn't necessarily make them, you know, career oriented. Just what interested me? What do I like? What do I not like? Um, what am I good at? What am I not good at? What do I need? What do I want? You know, I wanted to travel again. I wanted to own a home again. I wanted to give weddings, uh, finish educating my children. I wanted to give them, you know, weddings. I didn't want to be locked up all day. Well, I liked art. I liked architecture. Um, I, um, and, and, and after about three months, I just started drawing lines to see what worked with what. And I had gotten my license, my real estate license many years before and during another recession period. And um, for some reason or other, I didn't practice very long at that time um, because there was no market, but I kept renewing my license and I thought, well, you know, I, I wanted to keep my art alive. I was voted most artistic in 1962 and I'd really never done much with my art. Um, um, so I still want to keep my art alive. I was painting, I was doing portraiture. I had just taken a few jewelry class classes, and I was just starting the process of jewelry making, and that was just a fun aside. Um, and I took the jewelry class just for something to do my first winter, and it ran for eight eight weeks. And I thought, well, that'll be something that I, I like jewelry, that will give me something to do one night a week for eight weeks. And I made a ring for each of my daughters um, that Christmas and a ring for myself There's were silver mine was gold uh when my daughter my daughter was living in new york at the time and, and when she saw my gold and she i was, it was lost last casting when she realized i could make a gold her silver ring in gold she asked if i would and i did and um and so then her friends wanted those rings and people wanted the ring that i had on so i and my life had slowed to a just about a halt um, And I sort of heard a message that, you know, pay attention to this. It didn't say pay attention to this. This could be a whole new career. It just said, pay attention to this. And so I took an advanced class and that was only so advanced. And then I met an 88 year old man and um, uh, who uh, who could do everything. And um, he took me under his wing. And by this time I had started in the real estate business because I knew the real estate business was going to uh, fulfill a lot of my needs and my wants, and it was going to allow me to keep my art alive. So, I, um, I, um, the 88-year-old man was wonderful. His his studio in his home was right next to where my gallery is today, and um, and he was wonderful. But he he, I worked with him for about a year before he passed away at his bench, um, and then um, real estate was affording me. Um, the opportunity to, uh, uh, to travel and to take classes and workshops everywhere. And uh, Italy, I took several classes in Italy. I took some, in, you know, Rhode Island School of Design, um, you know, um, uh, up in Haystack um, Mountain School of, uh, of Crafts in Deer Maine. It's a wonderful, wonderful institution. And I, and I was selling, I was selling real estate. And um, 2008 came along, and the uh, uh, oh, I'm gonna have to backtrack. So one of the premier stores on Nantucket was carrying my work. It was, was quite a moment when I went in there, and, and I said, "May I talk to you about?" Um, and she said, "What about?" And I said, "She said your jewelry." And I said, "Yes." She said, "Yes, it belongs here." The shop was called the Nantucket Looms, and it was very, 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 very wonderful store, much revered, and it took me six days to go back in and look at my stuff in the case, because I just was so blown over that they carried it, but um, she sold it for successfully for many years, and I sold it privately, and um, I still never thought about it as a career, but in 2008, when the real estate market collapsed and everyone was killing themselves to make a sale and the buyers weren't motivated, I looked at my my bottom line of what I sold in jewelry that year, and I thought, oh, gee, I wonder what would happen if I I, um, put my full attention to this. And um, um, so I guess I was 67 at that time. And I put a little little building on my property, and I had people come over by appointment, and it was a 12 by 12 darling little showroom. And um, and it was going along quite, quite well. And i said, sit in my patio and have a quiche and coffee in the morning or a glass of wine and some cheese in the late afternoon. And, um, and then one day I was doing some open houses and a fellow had a, had a commercial property that he hadn't rented. And um, he said, why don't you rent it? And I said, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. Like, Pay all those wicked rents. And um, he said, "Well, make me an offer." And I said, "No, I can't do it." And uh, and man, I, I mean, I didn't. I still had never thought about me, you know. It just it, it, the cute little thing in my front yard was 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 fine and a novelty, but it still wasn't in my head that this could be a full blown career and I could have a shop and all that. And then he made me an offer that I couldn't refuse and i i was here um installed in this beautiful gallery on the waterfront two days later and so that <laughs> there wasn't a lot of thought or planning that went into it and um and so I, so i was 69 years old when i opened my shop my wow gallery. yeah that's amazing yeah i started jewelry I, I was 49. I didn't touch a stone until I was 55. And so, you know, there's a big learning curve, and um, and that you know, it's been a wonderful journey.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the first courses you took? Um, Were they like at the local high school, or like because you've obviously escalated the courses in terms of the level and quality and where they took you? and explain how you worked those into your, you a single mom and you were doing real estate. Did you take your kids with you? Cause I mean, this is a common problem, which is okay. How do I balance all of this? And should I take it seriously? I even say to people, yes, if you know, if you have an inkling of anything you might want to do, take the local high school course and start there.
1: I didn't take the local high school class. I, um, um there was a woman we have an artist association here, and uh they offer a lot of different different classes um and this woman had worked for the artist association and but she had opened her own little studio and the course was you know offered through her and it was really how to carve a wax and do you know and and uh for for lost wax casting it wasn't even it wasn't even including the casting it was it was basically how to carve a wax and get you know get it ready for for casting and then and then um the advanced class really wasn't very advanced. <laughs> it was sort of how to polish up a casting and um and so it was pretty simple. Um and then Harry Gordon, the man who um was next door, he, he it was his second career as well. He'd owned a car dealership, but he I won't tell you his story too, but um but he could do everything. He could cut stones, he could cast, he could fabricate, fabricate, which you probably know is working directly. You're carving, you're, you're, you're sawing the metal, you're soldering the metal, you're, you know, you're polishing and sanding and, and so forth. Um, so after Harry died, I, I was really hooked into this jewelry thing and, um, you know, I got a great response and people were buying stuff off my hands or my wrists all the time so i wanted to keep it going and i found a little school um outside of boston and i would go up there and take workshops and then um and different different types of um you know there's a a lot of different metalsmithing uh uh techniques and I, i um so you know being curious and being so new to it all I you know I take stone setting I would take um anti-clastic raising I would take gold forming um, all sorts of uh, and then and then they urged me to join this society of north american goldsmiths and they had a co- conference every year and they had pre-conference workshops and post-conference workshops so you started to know who the teachers were and the different techniques and um, and then you know you'd go off and i'd go off and take classes with I thought, oh that's technique sounds really interesting you know i'll try that so i'd sign up for a workshop and i'd go up to haystack main or i'd go to italy um and in italy, in italy i took a an enamels class which was just fabulous and um and i took another metal smithing class uh, fabrication class in italy and uh yeah, you, you you learn things that you like to do and things you weren't terribly interested in. It. And one thing one thing that I realized was be, because I didn't touch a stone till I was 55, um, and I was I was learning to set stones, um, and it's tedious and it's hard. And when you've got old, you know, you're 55 and your eyes aren't as sharp as they were when you're 25, and your fingers were not uh, you know, you're just not as as nimble as you as you'd like to be. And I was took a class at Rhode Island School of Design in metal fabrication, and the teacher mentioned something about going to a stone setter. And I said, Why would you ever go to a stone setter? You're a master goldsmith. And he said, Susie, it takes takes them ten minutes, what takes me two hours. And he said, Well, if it takes you two hours, it's going to take me three days. So what's their number? And um, that sort of opened the floodgates for me. So I could make the original, but I wouldn't I wouldn't set this, you know, I, I would do drawings or mock-ups or whatever and exactly where and how I wanted to. And then, then the whole stone education was, was fascinating too for me. That's a different, you know, I can tell you more about that.
0: How did you balance having your family and your kids and you're trekking off to Italy or you're? I mean, like, how did you do all that? I know people will want to know.
1: Old by them, you know? So I, my, when I moved to Nantucket that first winter, my younger, my daughter, my older daughter had already been in college and my younger one was just starting college. So they were, you know, they were, they were pretty much launched. I, you know, I, um, they were on their own basically, and they would come to Nantucket on you know holidays in the summer and so forth. But I didn't have to get you know the daycare back. The daycare back when I in my, when I first had to start working as a single mother it was really frightening because we, we didn't have a lot of daycare back then. But in my later life, my transition time in life, it, it wasn't an issue.
0: And when you made that transition over, was it mainly just a, a matter of numbers where you finally saw that you could make enough money to support yourself? Or was it did something else happen with real estate? Was it just a, I'm going to, I mean, it was, was,
1: it, was it obvious it was that it, you could leap? I'm sorry. I didn't, didn't let you finish.
0: No, no. I was <laughs> just wondering, was it so obvious that you could leap or was it still a scary leap? Like, oh, I'm, I'm hoping I can make this. Or was it just one was just outpacing the other?
1: Well, real estate had slowed down to a crawl and and I had been there for the really booming years and um and it, it really wasn't working and I didn't see that it that it was coming back any too soon and um but it it was it was it was pretty scary. I I mean to just you know to live in your art, which i never even considered. And I, you know, I ran my business off of four clipboards. I had no infrastructure. So I think that if it hadn't happened, I don't know if I would have made the leap. If it hadn't happened the way it did, you know, just. Um, you know the 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 couple of years that I had the studio at my home, you yeah. know, I might have just—I mean, I still have my real estate license; I still keep it active and everything. Yeah, I might have done that for a couple of years, and and then the real estate market might have bound—you know—bounded back, and I would have gone back into that full tilt, except for this this opportunity that came up, and I just I just said, go for it. I mean, everything just said go for it. And it was, you know, I, I just, um, yeah, it just was a leap of faith, I guess.
0: Was there anything difficult about being an older woman doing what you do or is there, is there leeway given as an artist? No one cares how old you are, what sex you are. Are there benefits?
1: Well, I think that, you know, when you're dealing with, um, I think that, um, I think there's pros and cons. Uh, I, I think people. I'm established. Um, I live in a small community. Um, there's overlap, you know, between the two professions. Um, I think that you know when people are spending a lot of money um, on jewelry, they have to trust who they they're working with. And I think that because I was established, I had I had, the, the integrity was there, and uh, they they could trust me, and um, I didn't pretend to not know, to to know what I didn't know, um, because I, it, the whole thing was a learning curve for me. I mean, I, I, I decided that I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of money, um, so I wasn't going to do diamonds. I felt like I'd let the big boys do the diamonds, and I luckily... The first stone I ever bought was from a fellow who had been referred to me that dealt with colored gemstones. And he, you know, some that we knew of and a lot that we didn't know about, That some a lot were more precious than diamonds and the traditional, you know, rubies, emeralds, and sapphires. So he educated me. I met a a, a wonderful um, pearl dealer who... uh, dealt with tahitian and south sea pearls so i learned about them i learned about australian boulder opals and those are those two i mean i use other people since then but i still use those are my base people that i still use but you know i was i was an, a gem a, a gemologist i and and so i had to trust the people that i was dealing with so that because i feel that you know your reputation is your name is all you have really and um so i had to be able to trust Whomever I was dealing with, so that whatever I was saying to my clients was um, was right and correct and could be could be trusted. Did I did answer? Did you
0: ever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever think that you might end up being an artist? Like when you were a kid, did you aspire to being an artist at all? I or Anything be, like that? I wanted to be
1: this head. I wanted to be on the uh, the Academy. Award awards and thanking everybody for the oscar for my fashion uh designs for the movies (laughs) Do do you know who edith head is edith head was the one of the premier um uh fashion designers for the movie industry and she got about 72 oscars um so i wanted to do that and then but i never thought i could i wanted to do that but i never thought i could and then i took some i took some fashion design classes when i was in high school some saturday morning classes around school design but there was there was no direction for me after that unfortunately so i i didn't know how to go about it and um i I wasn't encouraged and i wasn't really uh, aided in in doing that so um and I know, I never thought, I no, I never in my wildest dreams thought I'd be a jewelry designer or maker. Um, never. <laughs> What's the biggest joy about it? Well, You know, all jewelry has a story. All jewelry has a story. It's like Holly Golightly with her, with her Cracker Jacks toy. You know, I mean, the ring out of the Cracker Jacks box. Um, what I love about it is that you become part of someone's life. Um, their their story and uh, you know I sell things and one time I thought I I was thinking about how many people were opening gifts for me on Christmas morning you know (laughs) but I do one of the first things I ever did was signet rings and um, you know with family crests or or monograms on them and that's something that just gets pat. and I did those because my father and his brothers all chatted about them and my grandmother was fascinated by them and she even had one on their gravestone the family crest engraving. And so there's a lot of chatter about it, and they fascinated me, and they're beautiful. And so that's one of the first things I ever did. And those are heirlooms, they get passed down. And um, I've got a young woman walking around my shop right now who's assisting me this summer. She just graduated from college, and her mother bought her one of my signet rings um, for her college graduation. And, um you know, I do wedding rings, I do engagement rings. I don't, I don't, I don't uh have a whole bridal department or anything but uh um in most of the the engagement rings i've done i don't even have photos of but you know clients come in and they're they're getting married or their children are getting married and they come in and and, and then you know you're part of their their story there i mean i had a fellow say to me one day at his wedding, he said, Susie Locke, I'm going to think about you every single day of my life. I said, why would you be thinking about me? And she said, because when I look down at my ring, I'm going to think about you and the fact that you made it. And um, and another wonderful story was, there was a family that came in with their daughter and they'd been in before. And um, she was graduating from college and she wanted one of my signet rings. And they were from Ridgefield, Connecticut. Now Ridgefield, Connecticut is way, you know, the heck in the corner of Connecticut towards New York and um so we got the ring in and chose the design to be hand engraved on it and I said in conversation I said where are you where are you staying tonight um and they said oh we're not staying I said what do you mean you're not staying they said no we just came here to get the ring but you know it's two and a quarter hours to come over on wow. the boat and then then they had to drive right. about four hours right so, i mean for 12 hours to get my ring wow i, I just started to cry oh. i just started to cry i was so touched i was so that's touched. cool i love it it is and you know i have people i just had a mother and daughter in yesterday well, the daughter had bought her uh, daughter and her sister had bought you know a, one of my pieces for her 80th their mom's 80th birthday and she came in and we got her a chain to go with it and you know and and I do a lot of recycling like she had a whole bunch of gold stuff and wanted to show me the chains that she was going to put them on and I said you know if you've got some gold stuff that you're not wearing we can recycle it and I and did that I do that all the time I had a woman come in and bring me a whole bunch of stuff we took the the gems out of, of, she had three daughters. We took the gems out of the uh, the dated pieces and we made hip new things for the three daughters. And then we recycled a beautiful emerald um, that was in, you know, just a dated icky setting and made her, made mom a whole new beautiful piece. And, you know, I don't, I, I, I want my jewelry to be worn. I feel that all jewelry should be worn. Um, And not sitting in a box, not, you know, is sitting in a safe deposit box. I mean, where's the joy in that? There's no joy in that. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it should be, in, it should be worn and it should be enjoyed. So as we
0: come to the close of this, um, what I would love to hear from you if, do you have any tips and tricks for somebody, who is thinking of getting into the jewelry business, no matter where they come from, they're in corporate life, they might be in real estate, but they might be something else. Are there any do's and don'ts? Um.
1: Well, I would say take a beginner, go go to your local art center or school or college, whatever you can find and take a beginning jewelry class so that you learn all the basic techniques first of of um, of metal smithing, and that's your foundation. You know, that's like your first year of liberal arts or something. But it's you learn how to saw, you learn how to file, you learn how to solder, and get a really strong base. Because I came in sideways. I came in doing carving waxes. I didn't learn all those. Techniques. I didn't get the basic foundation, and so I was. I play. I had to play catch up a lot when I'd go off and take these classes. And it'd be a wonderful class, but I didn't know how to solder, you know. <laughs> and so it's you know this time got taken up trying to teach me to solder when I could have been you know making beautiful things. Um, so I, I think a real basic. Um, they usually offer you know beginning jewelry one and two or one two and three. I, I would definitely get that under my belt and then go off exploring i think that was great advice that i was giving to to join the society of north american goldsmiths because i think it it, you know they offer i mean they offer all sorts of things like discounts on tools and classes but you get to know you know the conferences are wonderful and you get to meet other people in the industry and they have they have speakers that will teach you about running a business and um you know how to you know how to run a business and um you know as well as all the all the different techniques and and um and it just becomes a, a conduit to other you know areas in the in in the field and um and i mean i ran my i ran my business on four clipboards you know for 20 20 years and um I know, and and do and be prepared for greatness. You know, be prepared. I mean, I wasn't prepared. I, I wasn't prepared, so it took me. It's been taking me a lot of time to play. try to create an infrastructure. You know, um, from my four clipboards, um, but be be prepared. And I I also would say, take the GIA classes, the Gemological Institute of America classes. They have classes in uh, stone identification and um, and uh, illustration they have uh, um, all sorts of wonderful wonderful classes Um, and um, you can get a certificate out of them and you and you have more you know you you have more clout and you have more knowledge you you get your your knowledge and and they they have correspondence classes so you know you can go and take an intense six months with them in carlsbad california or new york city or you can take them online and stagger them um so those those two foundational things i think if i were if i was starting when i was 22 or 25 or 30 or or something you know i'd I'd like to get those but even if i was 55 again i might not do the gia but i would definitely want to uh, tell people go go take beginners uh, uh, jewelry classes
0: great well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. That's so interesting. And I love the idea that you're
1: part of their story. And I love yeah, that. That's a big, big part of it. And, you know, if we had more time, I could tell you, you know, about jewelry and my family and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it, it all has a story. It's, and, and, you know, people come in and they have this limpy little ring. You can barely even see the stone in it. And it's so dear to them, you know, it's so dear to them. They say, could you fix this? Uh, you know, it could be the Hope Diamond. It's, to them, it is the Hope Diamond, you know. So, um, so um, you know, I, I honor that always.
0: Wonderful. Susan, thanks so much for your time. And just tell everybody where they can find you and find your stuff. So now we can find it if we're not on Nantucket. First of all, on Nantucket, where do we find it? And if we're off Nantucket, where do we find
1: it? Okay, so um, uh, it's the Susan Lister Lock Gallery, 28A Easy Street, uh, right on the waterfront, right on the Easy Street Basin. And I have a website, uh, Susan Lister block.com s-u-s-a-n-l-i-s-t-e-r-l-o-c-k-e.com and um and i'm on instagram as well and my phone is 508-221-0531
0: wonderful thanks so much susan take care
1: thank you so much bye now
0: So thank you so much for joining us on Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour. I hope you enjoyed this story about Susan. And I love the reason why she does what she does. And I love the way that she just pursued it on the side and then eventually moved over into it. It's a technique we talk about a lot. Here's somebody who actually did it and she moved toward her passion as she was able to. And she moved toward her passion as she was older and she found no barriers there. So listen to the the joy in her voice and know that you can do that too. And I hope that if you like this story, you will subscribe and also pass this podcast along to friends who may need inspiration or tactical help with reinventing themselves. And remember that an reinvention, it doesn't have to be a giant reinvention. It can be small. You might just want to change your hair color or maybe you want to go live in a new town or maybe you want to think a different way or start exercising. It doesn't have to be a total revamp of your life. But it is moving yourself towards something that you find joyful. And if you enjoy this, I hope you'll come over and join us at CoveyClub.com, where we celebrate women over 40. We have great content, great events, virtual events, learning, you name it. We got it. And we hope to see you there. Until next time, take care.